This show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to VersusTheUniverse.com. That's VSTheUniverse.com. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies, trying to find something worth our time and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? I'm Matt Peters, and with me, as always, is Dave Martin. Dave, how are you today? I am doing all right. I've survived the, well, some of the holidays. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing all right. Let me tell you. You know, we sound super chipper about this whole thing, but we watched a, a, a mystery horror supernatural film this time around called The Similars, and it was not chipper at all. You know, I, I will actually amend my statement. I'm not doing well. I just realized you mentioned BMO a moment ago, and we've never mentioned BMO on the show. We have not, because that was kind of the whole shtick for GCPD, the Games, Comics, and Puppy Dogs podcast. You know, fun fact... When we started doing GCPD, we did not have a puppy dog. It was just meant to be like a running gag. But then we adopted BMO, so everything kind of evened out. But yeah, BMO's here. Um, thankfully, we've never had a reason to mention him on this show because he's a fairly <laughs> quiet dog. He's usually chill at the time of night that we record, but sometimes he does get a little buck wild. So we're going to hope that he stays calm tonight. Right, BMO? You're going to be cool? Okay, good boy. <laughs> but what dog doesn't love diving through dumpsters? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we we give him the good stuff. He's all right. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we try to make sure he doesn't have to dive through the dumpsters. So, so I guess we're talking about this here um, Similars movie this time around, as I mentioned previously, which is uh, unlike anything we've ever watched uh, thus far on on the show and i'm I'm excited to talk about it man of course we can't go any further without giving a little love to our friends at versus the universe they keep the lights on they pay the bills so big thanks to them you and i actually just uh went to see the um the geek show at stage 773 which is a fine event that they put on every now and again did you enjoy yourself i did very much and they even gave us a free game and we can't talk about that but they also announced the new game that they have coming up, which I am thoroughly excited about, and I got to make a fool of myself while playing. Yes, that game is quite fun, and I think everybody will enjoy it when it comes out. More details about that. There's going to be a Kickstarter and all kind of hullabaloo, so it'll be a blast. And it's it's easy to play. You can learn to play it in like literally 30 seconds, because we did. Let's get back to the meat of the show, Dave. Let's talk a little bit about the similars. It's alternate titles, Los Parecidos. In la noche lluviosa del 2 de octubre de 1968. Okay, so no, I'm not going to do it in Spanish as much as I want to. I won't. <laughs> um, on the rainy <laughs> night of October 2nd, 1968, eight characters waiting on a remote bus station for a bus heading to Mexico City start experiencing a strange phenomenon. This 2015 film was written and directed by Isaac Espan, starring Gustavo Sanchez Parra, Cassandra Cianjeroto, and Fernando Becerril. Um, you probably never heard of any of those, and you probably never will hear of any of them outside of this episode. But it was a movie. <laughs> 
It was a movie. You know, it's funny though. Isaac Esbon has done some other projects too. He's done like three movies. I'm impressed. I'm impressed because some of these guys are like one and done that we uh, that we talk about on the show here. So, so what we've done, what we've done here at Digital Dumpster Diving is we've created this rating scale, and right now. We're going to tell you what that rating scale is all about with our wonderful assistant, Marcy. Take it away, Marcy. The four-point rating scale starts with Toxic Sludge for the worst of the worst. After watching this, even though it's free, you still feel ripped off. There's nothing of redeeming quality here. Hazardous is for the stuff that's pretty bad, but maybe has a few good parts, or might be right for the right person. Reusable means it's entertaining enough, reaches some of its potential, and is something we think you'll probably enjoy. And the best of the best gets the elusive rating of treasure, something we found that we think you should run out and enjoy right away. And we're back. Thank you very much for that explanation. Uh, all right, Dave. So I got to ask, man, um, I, I'm dying to know, and I'm sure our listeners have been dying for over a month and a half to find out. What do you think? I loved absolutely everything about this movie except for the movie. I, I knew you were being sarcastic. I had a, I had an inkling. I had a feeling. <laughs> so the atmosphere was really cool. Uh, they did, you know, it was it was black and white. It felt like an old Twilight Zone episode, or maybe The Outer Limits. Um, there were some really cool things going on with it, but just the main plot and everything about the plot, not not so much. Not not so much. <laughs> was it was there anything that really stood out to you about the production at all? I mean, as far as like you know the uh, you mentioned the atmosphere. Like, what was the, what was the basic atmosphere of the film? So it was black and white. And what, what else did they have going on? Well, it was in Spanish, uh, which I, I enjoyed for the most part. Um, and it was it was a, it's a it was trying to be an old sci fi movie. Which, you know, I'll give them credit for the attempt. There was a little bit of mystery while you were trying to figure out what was going on until it just got really hammy. The music was pretty solid. The acting... I I enjoyed the acting, especially the kid. The kid, I thought, was amazing for for portraying the role he was supposed to portray, which I'm not going to get into too much quite yet. Fun fact that I wish they would have developed... You know, in Spanish, um, the nick- the nickname for Ignacio is Nacho. I wish they would have someone would have called him Nacho, and it would have just stuck for the rest of the movie. <laughs> I think that would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would have been interesting to uh, to uh, bring out a little bit, but it might have given it um, a little bit too much camp. Which um, <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, viewers may have. Uh, read a little bit too much into that. Uh, you know, in the tradition of those classic um, sci-fi, horror, thriller-type movies from the days of um, The Twilight Zone and Amazing Stories and Outer Limits and stuff like that, you know, there there was a little bit of campiness to it. And I think that they really leaned into that. So much so that the acting that these folks were, were doing on the screen there, it was a little too good. <laughs> to the point where you, you kind of thought they weren't hamming it up. You thought maybe this is really how they do their job, how they how they hone their craft in front of the screen. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, man. I I thought it was uh, it was kind of cool. Um, the like you mentioned the music, the music really uh, did set the tone. The black and white really got me. 
you know, there were there were some visual effects in there that I can't get into just yet. That even with it being a, a period piece, almost it it really was well executed, and I was impressed by uh, you know how often during the viewing that I forgot like this was a visual effect and not just okay, this is situation that's happening in this little world right here. So yeah, I I totally give him credit for that. As a side note, there's one scene that probably got a little bit more graphic than than you would want your kids to watch. Uh, and there's one character who is quite a fan of 1960s ladies' magazines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it plays into the storyline. Um, it makes sense with how they use it, but, well, it, it got a tidbit nipply out there. Yeah, I mean, it was tasteful. You know, it, it wasn't like it was any type of, like, you know, Cinemax-type fare or anything, but... It was it was there. It was definitely there. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to watch it with your grandma or anything. That'd be kind of awkward. Um, I but, had a lot of explaining to do to my son, though. Actually, no, he wasn't watching. That's, that's good. That's good. You've learned. <laughs> We've been through several episodes, and when you see it not rated, you know at this point you don't watch that just off the bat with the kids in the room. <laughs> you give that a precautionary viewing, and then maybe if things work out. <laughs> well, you know, I there. My son's eleven. My oldest daughter's nine. My youngest is four. So, I mean, there's still plenty of time left to scar her. Yeah. <laughs> but the oldest two have re, have been relatively unscathed. I haven't done enough that they complain to their therapists about later. Oh, well, that's nice. So I just I I need to I need to get back on track here somehow, and uh, this is how I'm starting. <laughs> I remember, um, and this is a this is a very very fun note here. Um, when Pulp Fiction was released on home video, um, my parents rented it and forgot to take it out of the uh, tape machine. It was VHS when I was, you know, that dates me. I don't care. Yeah, so they forgot to take it out of the machine, and I just thought, hey, you know, I always recorded Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, let me check it and see what this is. Yeah. I saw Pulp Fiction way too early for my age. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons were great that week. Yeah, man. It was crazy. And, you know, even then, even at that age that I was, I still knew, like, I probably should not have my brother in the room who was eight years younger than me. I should just kind of, like, you know, not let him see this yet. He's not ready. But I was. <laughs> so, you know, I, I figured I was mature enough to handle Quentin Tarantino's. Yeah, everything worked out. Um, yeah, so that being said, of course, as as the parent, I feel that you don't want to be the one that just gives them that. Like, as a kid, it's almost like a rite of passage that when you see your first film that is for mature audiences, that you have to figure out a way to see it without your parents knowing, or at least without their consent. And I'm not suggesting... <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. It's it's what you, it's like I said, a rite of passage. It's what you do as a kid. You have to figure out how to get to that, you know, R-rated film that you know your parents are warning you away from. Like for some reason, my parents didn't let me watch Shawshank Redemption. And years later, having seen it, there was only like one scene in there that was like, okay, yeah, I can I can get it. Pulp Fiction, definitely, yeah, I shouldn't have watched that, but um. Yeah, Shawshank was a good movie. This one, however, not quite so much. 
the overall plot, yeah, they had an idea, and yeah, they went there with it. I'm not sure I was a big fan of the overall main plot of this. So, I guess that being said, where does it land on the rating scale for you, sir? You know, I would never really want to watch this. I've, I've watched it four times in preparation for this episode, and I'm... I'm that's about three times too many. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say hazardous on this one. Hazardous. Okay. Okay. All right. I respect that. I, I value your opinion. Me, on the other hand, I really like the tone of it. I really like the vibe of it. Um, there was enough head-scratching uh, material in this to make me want to see it again. I only watched it twice. So... Yeah, I, I would give it a reusable, man. I didn't mind it too much. <laughs> I'd give it a high reusable, actually. That's that's how much I I dug this movie. And, you know, full credit to the director, man. I really think that... Um, oh, my goodness. I just lost him. Um, Isaac Esbon. As Isaac Esbon did a great job setting the tone for this film. I think that just deserves all the praise in the world. And the visual effects, to me, which we'll get into in the spoiler section. Yes. That just blew me away for, you know, what seemed like it was a low-budget film. I'm like, wow, they really did a great job. Yeah, as far as the direction, I think he did a great job on the direction. He he also wrote it, so he gets the credit and the blame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did a fantastic job on the direction. The writing, I'm not sure I'd give him as much of a pass. <laughs> Well, he had a lot of he had a lot going on, man. That's a lot of place to spend. So you know, something had to get. And on that note, we will get into spoilers. That's do, right. Do, do. <laughs> spoilers, 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 folks. Pause us right here if you haven't watched it and you want to watch it, like I recommend it. Or if you don't want to watch it, like Dave hinted at, then maybe. You can just keep listening and just hear us riff on it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, I, I would say it's probably worth one watch. Just one, uh, and and then people can make it make up their own minds as to <laughs> what they're. But I think it's worth at least one watch. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't mean to speak for you. I'm glad that you said that because now we can get into the spoiler section and we can defend our position about where we landed with this. You say hazardous, man. Why? Why hazardous? It was a good movie. I liked the atmosphere. I liked the the art direction was was cool. So like I guess it all started going downhill for me in the bathroom scene when when she started like randomly stabbing her neck with stuff oozing out. I mean that Ooh. was like uh, yeah, that was like, hard to watch. Well, it was a bit much, but it didn't really seem to makes like it would have worked well had the movie been going somewhere different but given once you figure out what's actually happening it just doesn't it just seems like hey we have to do something shocking here let's do something shocking here <laughs> yeah and i feel like a lot of a lot of thrillers kind of get to that point where it's like okay we got to remind the audience that something you know amazing is happening in this film and it's not just standing around talking about the thing that has already happened Something else has to happen, you know. There's, there's got to be another shoe that drops. Um, you know, sometimes it's a whole closet full of shoes. But in this case, yeah, it, it was it was basically. Um, and okay, I, I want to start. I want to stop beating around the bush here. The visual effect that really knocked my socks off was the dude's face, <laughs> the main character. <laughs> By the end of the film, everyone. 
had evolved to look like him. The full beard and everything. Even the baby. Dude. Even the dog. Even the dog. Even the dog. <laughs> and that was that was a really great effect. It, it didn't look so good on the baby or the dog as no. it did on everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like you can only do so much with those. And if they had done like CG to just put this man's face on the baby or the dog, that would be super obvious. So I'm glad he kind of went with the practical effect right there just to make it look close enough. And he spent so much time working with the effects team to get that that elderly woman, that short squat elderly woman to have that full beard, that guy's face. And yeah, man, it was nuts. It was crazy. I mean, that that whoever was in charge of either the makeup or the CG or both, they were they were amazing on that. Um, that was really really effective. Yeah. So maybe this is too early for this, but we're already in the spoiler section, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the the nitty gritty of why I gave it a low rating. Okay. And I don't know of a good way to do this, but it'll make sense why I don't know of a way to do this. So. As you said, the the main thing was everybody's faces started changing to the face of this one guy. Yes. It was done by a kid who, even though he had magical powers, apparently was using the rain to do it, that somehow affected every human being on the planet. Yes. Even though some of them would have been inside or <laughs> exposed. But, but he used the rain, even though he had magical powers and didn't need to use the rain. But it wasn't really him. It was aliens. <laughs> Or or large people, depending on how you want to go with it. And he made everyone look the same because people's physical individuality is the thing that makes people human. And they robbed them of what made them human, except for the fact that once the transformation was complete, everybody still sees their distinctions. And in, in all reality, perception can, in its effects, have as much impact as if it were real. So, by the end of it, there realistically would have been no change in, in robbing people from the individuality, because everyone still saw their individuality, even though they all looked like Roman-nosed, bearded guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And as we know, in society, even if things are very similar to one another, folks still find a way to ostracize themselves from another group of people. I mean, you know, you look at, <laughs> and man, this is this is way overreaching the scope of our little podcast here, but you look at the, um, the racial divide that happens in our country, and, you know, you can base it on the color of people's skin. But then you look at other countries where Folks look so very similar in their in their facial structure and the color of their skin and everything like that, but there's still like the the caste system and and you know the, the societal uh, you know divide where you know people live on they, you know they, they they call it the other side of the tracks whatever. Uh, I'm all over the place, but basically what I'm saying is that even if everybody in the world looked the same, there would still be a divide that is not going to solve the problem. That's going to uh, make racist creative, basically. <laughs> They're gonna have to figure out new ways to ostracize people. So yeah. Well, and there always has to, like, even if it's not based on race, even if it's based on class or gender or something, people always find a way. Yeah. Uh, when there's when there are limited resources or perceived limited resources, people will find a way to make a bad guy. Exactly. And we're very good at being villains and making someone else the, the scapegoat. 
Right. Right. Exactly. So I, that's established. I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. And yeah, I mean, as, as far as like from a, 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 a worldwide type scale in the real world, I totally get you. That doesn't make much sense at all. But in the, in the scope of a movie, it's like, okay, yeah, that's high in the sky. You know, like, this is how you solve that problem. Everybody looks the same. (laughs) (laughs) But but I do have a question on that. So are there really aliens, or was he just saying that to try to get people off of him? But if he was just trying to get people off of him, did he need to get people off of him? I... That's one of the things that's ambiguous for me. So what do you think? Are there really aliens in this movie, or... Man, I don't know. I really think that, uh... There are aliens if you want there to be aliens. If not, <laughs> there aren't. It's it's that Twilight Zone aesthetic, man. It's 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 what was great about the Twilight Zone. Sometimes they would give you the aha moment. Sometimes they would just leave you guessing as to what really happened here. You know, like the one where the, the guy looks, you know, quote unquote normal and everybody else has like, you know, the weird piggy face. And we find out that he's been horribly disfigured, and that's why he looks, you know, our version of normal and everything. How did everybody get the piggy face? Has everyone always had the piggy face? We don't know. We just know that that's the, that's the gotcha moment. So the gotcha moment is the reveal of, hey, this kid did all this with the rain and aliens and blah, blah. But that's not important. What's important, <laughs> what's important and what makes me keep going back is the classic storytelling in this film, man. You got your black and white. You got your, you know, narrator coming over the radio, which is like, love that storytelling device. You know, you have your your distinct characters who are set in their specific roles, and they don't diverge from that at all. They, they are who they are, and they're in the situation. Like um, 12 Angry Men, they all have their roles <laughs> set from the start, until all of a sudden they're not. They're that guy. <laughs> getting there, getting there is what makes it so entertaining to me because it's like you're trying to untangle this knot. There's a sick kid involved. You feel bad for him that he's in this situation and you just know something awful is going to happen to that kid. Then you find out that the kid is the something awful. And he happens to everybody else. Exactly. He's the one that's happening to them. He bought the party to the booze. And, you know, like I said earlier, that kid was well cast and he did a great job of being the sick, twisted, demented, evil, powerful villain kid. Yep. Like, that smile on his... Oh, that smile. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great, uh, that's a great film technique, too. Just that, that smile. That devious smile, man. It's, it's... Ever since Psycho, that's been, like, just such a pivotal moment. And I think that was... It could have been an homage to that, you know? I, I, I don't know, man. I thought this was a great film. I'm going to stop saying that because people already know that I feel. (laughs) I've said it enough. (laughs) Watching this movie makes me want to go back and watch old Twilight Zone episodes just to see, you know, how they stack up against it. If they were really that cheesy, if they hold up, you know, that sort of thing. So I'll report back on that. It it really it really um, was a creature of its uh, genre. I like that. What I would like to see is, you know... I don't know what the director or the studio were going for in this, but it would be kind of cool to see a stable of writers for Isaac Espan and see what he could do with a series of, of solid scripts. Because I, 
Like I said, I liked everything about this movie, but the movie, I mean, I thought if he could have gotten some solid scripts with his cinematic flair, I think we could see some really, really cool stuff that, that at least I would rate a lot higher. Yeah. I, I think there's, the potential is definitely there. I just would have liked a better story to it. <laughs> and that's completely fair. That's completely fair. I mean, that's that's the beauty of movies like this. You know, it's like you get such a different vibe from it than everybody else Speaks it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's memorable. Isaac Esbon and the rest of the ca- of the cast did a great job. And you know, it's like it's like the double decker couch in a Lego movie. I mean, yeah, that idea was just the worst, but it ended up saving them. It did. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you work the Lego movie reference into this stuff. <laughs> that's quality stuff. And so yeah, so that's that's. That's where I stand with that. I, I'm glad we chose this movie. It's something different. It's something entertaining. You know, it's uh, it's unique, um, and, and still at the same time, it's it's reminiscent of those those classic black and white thriller horror movies back in the days. So interesting bit of trivia. You know how they were gonna, there's going to be that student uh, uh, protest at Tlatelolco, and then at the end, the indigenous old lady was saying don't go to Tlatelolco, there are too many people, it's too dangerous. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a massacre there. Oh. Um, apparently, going leading up to the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, there at the student protest, uh, the police just went in and killed the students who were protesting. Wow. Um, to this day, because of how it was handled, it's unsure whether it was dozens or hundreds of students killed, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a thing, and so... That that little boy is just an awful, awful, awful kid. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like Metal Gear in the way that they work something like serious and you know heartbreaking from the real world into this uh, fantastical sci-fi horror film. You know, there, there's a there's always a part in the Metal Gear games where it's like, man, I really feel bad about being a human being, but then you know, ten minutes later, you get to fight Psycho Mantis, so everything's okay. It all works out. Yeah. Just, just don't be a woman in those games because bad things will happen to you. No, yeah, don't do that. Don't do really, that. really bad things. Yeah, like lack of clothing and you no know, weakness to bullets, all of that. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I perform, I perform photosynthesis with my skin. Oh yeah, you know, it's all part of the storyline. It's all good. It's fine. And 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 have to lean forward attractively in the helicopter for more air yep. flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that closes the door on the similars. We have unanswered questions, as I'm sure all of you do as well. Feel free to let us know what you think of the movie. You know, contact us on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the emails, all that wonderful stuff. Um, yeah, and please, please, folks, uh, take a moment and go go uh, rate us on the iTunes as well. You know, give us a little bit of a uh, give, give us some feedback. There, there are no coupons involved, but at least we'll know what you want us to do for you in the future. Have it your way. See, now I just want a burger. <laughs> I can't remember whose slogan that is. Yeah, yeah, it was Burger King. Mission accomplished. <laughs> There you go. Yes. Well, we should we should see if we could work in a Burger King sponsorship. Man, I would totally totally eat a Whopper on air if they paid me money. I would. I I would as well. In fact, it's worked into my Patreon thing. Like the top tier donation is me eating a Whopper in your honor at Burger King. There you go. 
You can even join me to eat that Whopper. Of course, that's like the $1,000 tier, which was yeah. only put on there as a joke. But Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's the one where you have to provide your own transportation, too, to actually join me. Those are always <laughs> such a cop-out when it's like, yeah, we'll fly you out to L.A. You can come to the premiere of the new Avengers movie, walk the red carpet, but you got to pay for your own hotel room. What? No, that's not fair. That makes and no get, sense. And get past security by yourself. <laughs> I'm paying for a liability. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, folks, I encourage you to do all that cool stuff that I just mentioned. But most of all, most of all, I want you to tune in next time because we're going to talk about another great movie. And that movie, hey, have that movie. That movie is Alien Arrival. Yes. No, not Arrival with with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Alien Arrival with other people who are not those people. That guy from that one Heineken commercial. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all right, because it was a good Heineken commercial. It was one of the better ones. So we're going to watch it. We're going to let you know what we think. Okay, so Alien Arrival. Yeah, Alien That's Arrival. That's the next movie. That's what we're going to check out next. So, man, I, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are looking forward to it, too. Um, I guess that's it, man. Anything else you want to add before we go? Yes. No, I don't know. So, uh, as always, as, as Matt said before, feel free to to shout at us on uh, social media. If you have any thoughts or suggestions uh, for what you'd like to see on the show, let us know. <laughs> that's right, Dave. All right, folks, thank you for joining us once again. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. And we will see you next time on Digital Dumpster Diving. Did I catch that you just said you're turning off your central heating? Yes. I appreciate the dedication to audio quality, but it's like frigid out there. Is your wife going to kill you? We'll see. No, she'll be fine. Because like, it's, it's warm enough in the house right now. It's just the fan is blowing. And the other thing is it'll encourage me to get done swiftly if I freeze. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can edit out shattering teeth. <laughs> I have faith. <laughs> you have misplaced faith, sir. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're going to be upset, but then it's going to stick with you. You're going to be like, man, that was really entertaining, and I'm mad about it. <laughs> like i didn't want to like that but i kind of did it's like when you watch adult swim you know it's like yeah yeah <laughs> see my wife doesn't understand that that like that's 90 percent of why i why i kept watching power rangers episodes Man. it was like i turn it on and i just i couldn't stop myself and she she just doesn't understand that <laughs> something's broken in her there's there is a certain phenomenon called hate watching that you have to you have to just embrace from time to time because something is so dumb and just so silly that you just can't turn away i totally get you it's like teen titans go (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, just the the idea surrounding it that the show is just on twenty four seven, and people hate it and are very vocal about their disdain for the show almost makes it better for me. Because <laughs> it's like, it's a cartoon. It's for kids. You're watching Cartoon Network. You must understand that in this day and age of digital streaming, you can find any cartoon that you want to see. Voltron literally knocks out seasons like immediately after you're done watching the one that you're watching. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? Season three is available for you now. But I digress. Teen Titans Go! is always on and I think it's just a running gag from Cartoon Network. We have a deep library of cartoons, but we put those over on Boomerang and behind a paywall. No, you're going to watch Teen Titans Go for at least 10 hours a day. 